Autonomous Weekly Podcast, where we cover everything around IoT, smart homes, cybersecurity, and cyber hygiene. My name is Leon, and I will be your host. Our guest today is Omar Schwartz, a PhD student at the prestigious Information Systems Engineering Department at Ben Gurion University of the Negev in Israel. Omar holds a Bachelor of Science in Computer Science and Bioinformatics and a Master's of Science in Cybersecurity. He is also an active member of the Implementation, Security, and Site Channel Lab under Dr. Josie Oren. Omer's fields of research include mobile hardware security, especially hardware meets software scenarios, and site channel information leakage. His research has been covered in sites like Boing Boing, Ars Technica, and the Register, and he has received several awards and honors as a result of his extensive work in cybersecurity. His latest published paper is titled Opening Pandora's Box, Effective Techniques for Reverse Engineering IoT Devices, in which his team analyzed the practical security level of 16 popular IoT devices and discussed how to improve their security without significantly increasing their cost. Hi, Omar. Thank you for being with us here today. Hi, Don. It's great being with you. Um, could you explain a bit about the work being done at the Implementation Security and Site Channel Lab at Ben Gurion University? Um, they say that if you want to study site channel attacks in Israel, there is simply no better place, but perhaps you can explain that better. Um, uh, yeah, uh, so we're uh, relatively a new lab, I would say, but uh, we have some really exciting work done. Um, we're actually investigating all kinds of site channel leakage and uh, all kinds of site channel leakage models and uh, uh, incremental security, uh, and that means uh, how can you get information in and out out of devices that are not meant to to broadcast information. So we're trying, uh, we're working on all kinds of methods to get information into a smartphone when the owner is not uh, paying attention, for example. Not even, I, I don't think paying attention is the correct word when the owner is, is unaware. So we have all kinds of projects about how can, uh, for example, if you have um, if you have a phone case that's fine on you, that knows where you are, uh, records your conversations, how can that phone case use your phone to exfiltrate the information to the internet without you knowing about it? So that's one of our projects. We have all kinds of other projects about how to get information from the phone to, to the outside. And we're also working on other aspects of incremental security and that, uh, Actually, my field is more around the hardware security where you have uh, one of my researches was about uh, how uh, a replacement touchscreen for your phone. So when you're uh, replacing your touchscreen, if, if your screen was broken and you replace it uh, somewhere and you're not sure which what screen they put inside, so my research was showing how that screen can be malicious. How can it... Uh, 
harm your your phone and how can it uh, get information or even impersonate you. Well, that's fascinating. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, that, that's only like uh, pretty much uh, a short uh, summary of everything. Um, I have to ask you, how did you first get involved into cybersecurity and, and, and hacking? Were you always into breaking things? Uh, yeah, actually, since I've been, <laughs> since I've been little, I've always, uh, liked, uh, looking into things and figuring out what, how they work. Uh, I've been in the hacking community for quite a while, I'd say around 15 years. Uh, just, uh, nothing, uh, too special, but I've always, I've always had an interest in, in hacking, in, uh, in security, even before it became a really, a really known issue. Yeah, right now, it's a really big thing, but in the past, nobody was talking about it. So it always interested me. I mean, uh, cybersecurity is uh, it's, uh, like a hidden thing that uh, really affects our world, and uh, nobody really talked about it until the recent years, and I think there's a lot more to... It has a lot more where it can go. Uh, there are so many threats that we haven't seen yet, and that's why I'm here, and that's why I'm, I'm a part of this lab. That's why I, I came back and started studying uh, towards uh, higher degrees, because I think there's so much more to discover. And it probably has to do with uh, the exponential growth of IoT devices, right? Yeah, IoT devices have a really big part of it. I, I really think that uh, it's all about uh, we have so much, so many electronic gadgets today. I mean, uh, uh, industries have moved forward in really, really huge steps in the past, uh, I don't know, a decade or two. And cybersecurity was always something nobody cared about. And now when we have all these IoT devices, we have all these phones uh, and everything, then uh, all of a sudden everybody realizes that these things were never designed to be secure. They use infrastructure that wasn't designed to be secure, and now everybody are really in a kind of a frenzy about uh, getting everything more secure. And I mean, it's a really good place to be from in a, an academical point, point of view because there's so much to invest to, to research everywhere. From the academic side, I agree. But I also know that from the private industry, there is an initiative at Ben Gurion University from Deutsche, Deutsche Telekom Innovation Lab. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, um, we're actually, uh, my lab was hosted in the Deutsche Telekom Innovation Lab, uh, in a part we call the Ben-Gurion Cybersecurity uh, Research Center. Um, we're actually, uh, we're a little bit, uh, separate from them, uh, but we do have a lot of ties to them. They have, they do all kinds of really good research. Also, on uh, they they do all kinds of other of other fields of uh, cybersecurity, but also cyber information leakage and uh, exfiltration and all those. Uh, they have really good work on that. Cool, um, Omer. So let's jump into into your latest re- research. Could you could you please share with us some of the details that went into into your paper called "Opening Pandora's Box"? What what was the thought process that went into deciding to test these 16 popular IoT devices and, and the process to do that? Oh, uh, okay. So um, it all it all began since uh, I 
a friend of mine who's also in researching cybersecurity, but he's doing a little bit, a little bit something a little bit different. He's uh, into network security. He had all these IoT devices. He had like, hundreds of them uh, in, for some research he's doing. And uh, during that research, he asked me to see if I can find any other vulnerabilities on these devices because it's just because of interest. We didn't have any really, uh, uh, we didn't think to write a, write a paper about it. So we started taking, taking all of these devices and we took them apart and we looked inside. And I had a lot of experience with hardware, so uh, it was uh, really interesting for me. And we actually saw that. Uh, out of all of these devices, they were all really, really, really insecure. I mean, uh, the most common thing we, we noticed there, it's, uh, it's actually that, that part is quite known, but all, m- many, I think most of the IoT devices sold today, uh, can be accessed remotely with the default password. And the default password is usually something really simple. Um, so that's one of the, so that's a really big vulnerability. We noticed that all of these devices have, but that's not everything because, uh, the thing, uh, we were looking into that, uh, hasn't been really properly looked into before is what happens when the attacker has, has one of your devices. I mean, for example, you have, uh, you have a business and your business is secured with, uh, uh, with wireless cameras and secured with, uh, it either has some wireless, uh, mechanism that can control your gate so you can open and close your, uh, your business. And all those things are, are smart and connected to the internet. And one, if the attacker can get one of your cameras, just walk by and pick up one of your cameras, there uh, off the wall, it can actually open that device and really easily connect to it and get, and get all kinds of information about your network, like your Wi-Fi password. And you can use that as a gateway to access your uh, your network, your organization network. So that's one of the things we've seen. We've seen there we have a really comprehensive analysis on all of those devices, all kinds of vulnerabilities um, on inside. And uh, first of all, we, we have a really large... Uh, uh, array of techniques that we're showing that we use that some of them are already known, but they were never gathered in such a way that we allow other people to use our techniques again and see if their devices are secure. So could you tell us a bit more about the additional vulnerabilities other than the passwords? Um, I know in your paper um, you demonstrated the effectiveness of your approach by modifying a lab version of the Murai botnet to automatically include these devices. Um, so what were other of the, the other vulnerabilities that, um, that you found kind of like the most uh, popular ones? Uh, or the most ones? popular one was, yeah, the most popular one was, uh, was passwords. I mean, uh, that's what, uh, actually what you, what you talked about that we actually mm-hmm. found all kinds of new passwords that weren't known before to devices because the passwords are always, uh, they're, all, they're always, uh, they're stored on the device, obviously. But they're stored and they're hashed with uh, weak algorithms. They're not hashed with strong algorithms, so they're easy to crack. So we found so many, we found the passwords of, I think, 13 devices out of the 16, 13 or 12, I don't remember. And most of the time, some of these uh, passwords were, uh, were not known before. So we actually showed how we can use those passwords that we found really easily and really cheaply out of devices and make our own Mirai.net. 
our own botnet that uh, can uh, uh, that can infect devices uh, today. And our, other than the, than the passwords, we found all kinds of other vulnerabilities. We found uh, devices that were holding a private communication key in the file in the in their file system, hmm. where whoever can get the, that key can uh, can listen to any communication done with those devices. So if you have a if you have a security camera at your home, and uh, and you rely on the information being broadcasted from that camera to be secure, then someone might already have the key for that communication. And it's really bad security practice. Uh, and it's, it's still being done today by engineers because in IoT, it seems like the most important thing is getting a product to the market and not securing it properly. I agree. I agree. It's a big problem. Um, so what what would be the recommendations that you have uh, for IoT manufacturers today? Uh, well, yeah. Uh, so uh, I'll have to start with uh, not with, uh, not having hard-coded easy passwords uh, for remote accessing. I mean, completely disabling remote access is the best option. But also uh, considering nobody really considers today an attacker that has that can access your device, and uh, when the attacker accesses your device, it doesn't really it doesn't only compromise the device; it, that attacker compromises the whole network. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to devices should be built in a way that uh, that uh, makes it harder to be, to reverse engineer. And uh, I'm not talking about Actually, making reverse engineering harder is a really, really difficult uh, problem, but it shouldn't be that easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, all the devices we used were really, really easy to reverse engineer. They all had debug ports, like they had uh, special ports built on the board that allows us to connect to, these, to those devices and uh, communicate with their console uh, quite easily. And that's something that shouldn't be on a production board. It should be on a on a development board, but shouldn't be on a production level board. So we actually we we were able to get all of our information because most of the devices left their uh, debug uh, uh, accessories. Or uh, I wouldn't know how to say it exactly. They left all their their debug ports. Uh, uh, they left it open, and combined with, uh, with with passwords, we were able to get into each one of those devices. And we could uh, install our own software on it. We could, uh, it's something that, that can, that could be done, uh, during the supply chain where you get a device and the device is already infected with something and you wouldn't know. So my recommendation is first of all, uh, disabling all debug ports or, or all, all of the UR ports, everything that's used to debug, you don't need it in production. And, uh, you, you need, uh, passwords. A strong passwords that are hashed with with a strong algorithms and uh, are unique to each device. No, that it's un- it's unbelievable how exposed um, billions of IoT devices already in the market are. Um, yeah, and that, that's actually that's one of the biggest problems with IoT security today because um, because you have so many devices, nobody is going to trace, and they're already uh, compromised. And uh, you just have whole networks uh, that are sitting there and they're waiting to be hacked. Um, and then my final question would be, 
what are your recommendations, uh, cyber hygiene recommendations for the consumer um, of technology today? Um, for consumers of technology, well, the, you know, they, they always say that, uh, uh, that people, the humans, are the weakest link in the whole cybersecurity uh, chain. And it is correct in a certain way. I would recommend everybody to have uh, passwords are the best uh, are the best place to put my uh, to give an advice. I and mean, passwords are uh, the, the current way people use passwords right now is uh, mostly incorrect. Passwords should be something that's easy to remember and hard to uh, hard to crack. So it should be something that's long that you can remember it. And never reuse passwords. I mean, most of the hacks come from the reuse passwords where a password for one website is discovered and then it's reused in other places. So it becomes a, a really big problem. And if you're talking about IoT devices, then uh, I would recommend staying away from uh, small manufacturers. So not small manufacturers, but unknown manufacturers, like rebranded device where you have like a sticker saying some factory name and you don't know what's in there. But I really hope that some of my research will lead to uh, people, researchers, and maybe even consumers inspecting their own devices using the techniques that, uh, that we published to inspect their own devices and, uh, and realize what's in there and if it's properly secured or not. Bring some power in power to the consumers to understand what they're being uh, sold. Got it. Omer, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Um, cool. And on that note, I think we're we're done. Um, so yeah, I will I will get back in touch with you um, not this week, but the coming one when when we'll publish it. And um, we're also working together with like independent security evaluators um, on if you're not in like a pen testing company. We may uh we're trying to bring like the IoT village um to Israel sometime this year. So um I'll make okay. sure to contact you. I mean you have like hundreds of IoT devices, so that sounds like a sounds like fun. Yeah, we have a really fun lab. <laughs> <laughs> uh I would just like to ask you uh, ask if you can mention the name of my advisor and uh my colleague that uh, worked with me on the research. Yes. Uh, yes. I will, uh, uh, so my advisor is uh, Yossi Owen, as we yes. have seen in the lab, and uh, there's also my colleague, uh, Dr. Sasha uh, Dai. He was uh, uh, Dr. not the recent paper, but the other papers. I would like to mention him as he did a lot of work. I have, okay, so I mentioned Yossi, of course, at the beginning, and then mm -hmm. who is the other person that you mentioned? Dr. Sasha Dai is an expert on, uh, on machine learning. Uh, he's doing a lot of the research we're doing in the lab, and... I've done some Most of my papers are with him, not the recent one. Okay. And he really... Uh, Asaf Shabtai, you said? Asaf Shabtai, yeah. Got it. Okay, cool. So, so I mean, he's been a really large... He's done a large contribution to, our, to my research. and. Uh, Absolutely. I will link to your site, and I will also link to Oren Labs. And, of course, I will mention both of their names. Okay, great. Omer, so first name, and uh, stay warm. <laughs> yeah, you have a good weekend too. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye bye.